Chapter Twelve, Book One, of Rookwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Paul Curran. Rookwood by William Harrison Ainsworth, Book One, Chapter Twelve, The Chamber of Death. It is the body. I have orders given that here it should be laid. De Montford. The recess upon which the panel opened had been a small oratory, and though entirely disused, still retained its cushions and its crucifix. There were two other entrances to this place of prayer, the one communicating with a further bedchamber, the other leading to the gallery. Through the latter, after closing the aperture, without relinquishing his grasp, Luke passed. It was growing rapidly dark, and at the brightest seasons this gloomy corridor was but imperfectly lighted from narrow, painted, and wire-protected windows that looked into the old quadrangular courtyard below. And as they issued from the oratory, a dazzling flash of lightning, a storm having suddenly arisen, momentarily illumined the whole length of the passage, disclosing the retreating figure of a man, wrapped in a large sable cloak at the other extremity of the gallery. Lady Rookwood uttered an outcry for assistance, but the man, whoever he might be, disappeared in the instantaneously succeeding gloom, leaving her in doubt whether or not her situation had been perceived. Luke had seen this dark figure at the same instant, and, not without apprehensions lest his plan should be defeated, he gripped Lady Rookwood's arm still more strictly, and placing the muzzle of the pistol to her breast, hurried her rapidly forwards. All was now in total obscurity. The countenance of neither could be perceived as they trod the dark passage, but Luke's unrelaxed grasp indicated no change in his purposes, nor did the slow, dignified march of the lady betray any apprehension on her part. Descending from a spiral staircase which led from the gallery to a lower story, their way now lay beneath the entrance hall, a means of communication little used. Their tread sounded hollowly on the flagged floor. No other sound was heard. Mounting a staircase, similar to the one they had just descended, they arrived at another passage. A few paces brought them to the door. Luke turned the handle, and they stood within the chamber of the dead. The room, which contained the remains of poor Sir Piers, was arrayed in all that mockery of state which, vainly attempting to deride death, is itself a bitter derision of the living. It was the one devoted to the principal meals of the day, a strange choice, but convenience had dictated its adoption by those with whom this part of the ceremonial had originated, and long custom had rendered its usage for this purpose almost prescriptive. This room, which was of some size, had originally formed part of the great hall, from which it was divided by a thick screen of black, lustrously varnished oak, enriched with fanciful figures carved in bold relief. The walls were panelled with the same embrowned material, and sustained sundry portraits of the members of the family, in every possible costume, from the steely gear of Sir Ranulph down to the flowing attire of Sir Reginald. Most of the race were ranged around the room, and, seen in the yellow light shed upon their features by the flambeau, 
they looked like an array of stern and silent witnesses gazing upon their departed descendant the sides of the chamber were hung with black cloth and upon a bier in the middle of the room rested the body broad escutcheons decked out in glowing colours pompously set forth the heraldic honours of the departed tall lights burned at the head and feet and fragrant perfumes diffused their odours from silver censers the entrance of luke and his unwilling companion had been abrupt the transition from darkness to the glare of light was almost blinding and they had advanced far into the room ere lady rookwood perceived a man whom she took to be one of the mutes leaning over the bier the coffin lid was entirely removed and the person whose back was towards them appeared to be wrapped in mournful contemplation of the sad spectacle before him suddenly bursting from luke's hold lady rookwood rushed forward with a scream and touched the man's shoulder he started at the summons and disclosed the features of her son rapidly as her own act luke followed he levelled a pistol at her head but his hand dropped to his side as he encountered the glance of sir ranulph all three seemed paralysed by surprise ranulph in astonishment extended his arm to his mother who placing one arm over his shoulder pointed with the other to luke the latter stared sternly and inquiringly at both yet none spoke end of chapter 12 book 1